Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Collerbach. With me, Craig Pasta Jardula. This is Highway Diary, episode 381. How are you, sir? Uh, great, man. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Dr. Pasta, you are you live in Florida now, but you are in Los Angeles right now. You're a beat journalist on the political scene. You know, you're you're hitting trees with sticks. You're shaking stories out. What's going on in Los Angeles? I just tied up some loose ends. Got some people to see. Got a couple shows to go on. Um, going to shoot a couple commercials, actually, because I'm starting my uh, a new channel, too, as well. Um, I'm going to cover the campaigns. I'm going to do the campaign for the campaigns. And uh, I tend to concentrate a lot on RFK, but I'm going to get out there and got Dr. Cornell West, who I've already interviewed, has also opened the door for me to say, let me come to his uh, rallies and stuff. So I'm going to try to give some honest, you know, uh, coverage of these campaigns coming out, even though I know a lot of people are done with electoral politics. The majority of Americans matriculate around this time. So we're going to get out there and push the issues. Um, I watched an interview you did with Dave Smith and Jimmy Dore and another fellow who I didn't know. And you, this term came up, politically homeless. And I related to that very much. What does that mean? What is being politically homeless like? Well, I think there's some good to that and some bad to that. Good to that because you're not going to play team sports anymore. You know, you're not going to get stuck in the two-party duopoly. But uh, where do you necessarily go if you, you know, were traditionally in a Democrat or a Republican and you think that both of those parties are full of whatever? Or sometimes you think the, the Libertarian or the Green Party is not worthy going there. You're politically homeless. You don't have a, a, a team to go to necessarily. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but sometimes it's just like, you know, when people ask you, what do you consider yourself? It's you're all over the board. You're an independent thinker. So politically homeless is does have some bad things to it. Uh, but it mainly I think it's a good thing, meaning you're out of the two party duopoly. Yeah. And um, it's funny because my friend, um, I texted him that I have some imp- um, opportunities coming up with Infowars. And I did some stuff with Alex Stein. And my friend from high school was like, oh, isn't that alt right? Like you, yeah. every time you do anything or associate with anybody, then they say, because we're friends, um, they go, oh, well, you're alt right. I'm like, what is that? And yeah. and he's like, oh, you're doing like I'm there's a comedy show going on at Vulcan um, called Illuminati Confirmed that I'm only associated with because I'm the intern of Klaus Schwab Jr. And he was like, oh, so that's an alt right show. And I go, it's a comedy conspiracy show. That's yeah. what it is. So like, and I was very into Ron Paul when he ran for office. I forget. Was that 2004? Something like that. I think it was. I think it was. And and I was like, he's the best candidate out of the field. Because when people talk and they're not liars, that's what I, that's what I sparked to. But then in 2016, I was into Bernie Sanders. And then I watched the DNC machine crush his balls off. And he genuflected to the baby eating Hillary Clinton. And I go, this is all bullshit. And then fucking Debbie Washerman Schultz, she got her hair out of the curly fryer. And she she said in court, we decide it's our club. We decide who gets the nomination. And I'm like, well, what was with the primary voting? What was with the debates? And she was like, can I get more applause for my corruption? It's just like insanity. So you know, that's ugh. crazy. That's the, that's the reason why I'm so into elections. It was actually Bruce Spiva, who was the Democratic lawyer in Florida 
who said that the Democratic Party can go into the back room full of cigar smoke and pick whoever they want. That's what got me into elections. And then, you know, coming from the left originally, whatever that means, um, you know, I, I had a lot of people who did a lot of work, a lot of friends who do work in, in Latin American countries for solidarity. So I was able to go to those countries. I've went to seven of them so far and I've observed six elections. But that that right there. And it's kind of funny because a lot of the truthers. Well, that's you know, they used to be called conspiracy theorists or whatever. I think now it's kind of moved to truthers, especially after the covid era, since they were right about so many things. They're also considered alt right. So, you know, you were doing an alt right show again there, uh, Eric. You know what I'm saying? But it is it is nuts because every time I would talk about that with Jason Burmes, he's like, dude, I'm, I don't know why they get all right. I think it's because a lot of the truther community or a lot of the uh, Alex Jones people you were talking about, they're anti-communist. So I guess that's a way that's anti-leftist because the true leftists are like about communist and socialist and collective governance. So that's why I think they call them alt right. But it really they really shouldn't because they. The, the truther movement is about people seeking the truth. And, you know, it doesn't it, it really should throw away the labels. All you want to know is what's really going on and what are those crazy bastards doing to us? It's not that they're just conservative by by nature. Yeah, but I think that competence is just like white privilege. Like every time you go to the library, you know, to do homework, like, did you check your privilege? Like, did you check your privilege, though? Yeah. So, like, that's why I just think, you know, this is all bullshit. But look, look but I read an article today that Joe Biden lost. Uh, he was trying to uh, fake give uh, student debt relief. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm in Austin, Texas here. And the population of Austin, Texas, when UT goes out for session, reduces by 20 or 30 percent. They say that there's a million people in Austin, Texas. But when UT, when when college is not in in session it's yeah. like seven hundred thousand people so and the same thing when i was in grad school in new orleans um only because of white privilege i had nothing to do with my scholarships or my merit nothing i did do all the homework but that was you know sexist and homophobic but what happened was um in new orleans they said there's like three hundred forty thousand people but really when school's in session there's like four hundred ten thousand people and when school's not in session there's like two hundred forty thousand people so the whole economy largely is based on academia in the United States, period. And so they're saying, well, well, we finally we have a demon and he's like hitting a fake pinata saying, oh, we got Trump out. Orange man, bad, orange man, bad, hitting, beating this fake pinata of student loan forgiveness. It will never happen. He's owned by the banks. He probably died years ago and he's a, a green screen avatar fake president that didn't win the 2016 or 2020 election he didn't now it's 2024 they mm -hmm. keep pumping a clone with adrenochrome it's a fucking nightmare he's having fake arguments he's his biggest campaign speech was smelling as much young girl's hair as possible that was you know and eating ice cream and yeah. we're supposed to believe that tulsi gabbard who like world star hip-hop ko'd camel toe harris in the primary like she's like a non-player character, like anyone with competence or makes any fucking sense just gets squashed by the machine. It's like it's we have a yeah clear there's line a, of sight now. There's a lot to unpack there, man. Right. You know, because like at what point like so, it, 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 you know, I can remember when I became a Democrat and that's when George Bush W. Bush was in office and 
the Republicans were just batshit crazy, right? The Wolfowitz doc, uh, doctrine, preemptive of the strikes. Uh, they can go into any country at any time. They're just going to, you know, the whole thing about trying to say Saddam Hussein was very close to uh, to uh, Osama bin Laden when they hated each other. Two different ideologies. I remember that. Now it seems like the Democrats are there. And that's what it's, you know, the Democrats are the crazy ones with, you know, a lot of the culture war BS and, uh, you know, uh, so now a lot of people go, let's go to the to the right now. Let's jump on the Republican train. And that's what I think it's it's meant to do. So like like who's really, you know, playing out there? Who's what what theater is out there? Now, I get it that they, you know, they make people believe that their neighbors really want Joe Biden. That's the dirtiness of faking elections or or propping up elections is that a person will like, well, you know, if that's what the, the you know, the population wants, if that's what the majority wants, then I guess I got to go along. So they find ways to go p- get people to go along with this and consent instead of doing what you said, like Hold on a second. A guy who's a zombie who can barely even walk. We see him falling down left and right. Got 81 million votes, 81 million votes. So that's the mechanism they use to, you know, to to trick people. But then they can just do what they want. What do you have to do? You don't have to be loyal to the people if the process itself is going to give you the results you want. You just got to give them a little theater, a couple songs and dance, make them believe you care and then go on and doing your BS. You're right. You know what I'm saying? They're owned by the banks. They're not. Joe Biden was never serious about canceling student debt. Otherwise, he would have took out his pen and wrote an executive order and got it done. Instead, he went through the process, which he knew would get shot down. So now what can he, he can do? Oh, I tried. It's not me. It's the Republican Supreme Court. And all those kids that you talk about when they get back in session, their minds are just not fully developed yet. And they haven't learned shit. And, and in all fairness, Eric. They've been programmed in high school and middle school and told, you know, what to think, because that's the main thing. They're told not to think for themselves. So now they have to get the whole process of really seeing what's going on. But by the time they're there in academia, they're getting duped. So it, it is a it is a big cluster F right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the problem is I worked on this one reality show and um, well, let me go back. I worked on this one. I worked in Hollywood for a while and one of the places was a post-production facility and the guy was just such a fucking narcissist dickhead. I won't name names, but he was just the (laughs) biggest dick and top down. Everybody in the office was miserable because there wasn't fairness. Now, when, you know, Joe Biden goes to uh, the G20 and poops himself. There's just that poop slides down a mal- down the pyramid and just makes a malaise of the, the upper class, the lower class. The poo slides down the society just as it slides down his clone legs or whatever uh, into the his green socks to go with the green screen theme. Um and it's just like when you lie on the way up, like you have to keep there's a there's an entropy to lies. The more and more lies you have, the more and more lies you have to do. I, like and, and it drives me nuts when people tell me that I'm alt right because I like Ron Paul and I like Bernie Sanders because they made they put five sentences together in a row that made sense. And it's yeah. like either one of those guys, if they were president, would march us in a positive direction. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter the business model. It matters the that you're not a fucking liar and yeah, a piece no, of no. shit. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm getting a lot of crap right now for liking Kennedy. I like Cornell West. There's things about them I don't like. But I mean, 
it, it, it's a weird it's a weird situation. I think we've talked about this before about like, you know, who's pulling the strings. I think we're at a different level right now that doesn't exist between right and left anymore. I think we're we're canceling these labors and we're just labels and just trying to figure out what's what. I mean, I don't even know what to consider myself anymore. I, I sometimes tell people I'm a leftist libertarian. But that's because I want them to understand that it's okay to talk to people different than them, differently than them. That's like rebels for a cause. Well, I was happy to be there because, you know, I'm the one guy that really goes to Latin America and breaks bread with the socialist and the communist over there. And I understand that they're not like just addicted to theory over there. And that's why they have these governments. No, they have a collective government because they're trying to get the boot of the U.S. empire off their neck. So they come together economically. But most of these countries I go to, they're socially conservative, you know, very religious, like to pray. They have a hard time with gay marriage. They don't believe in abortion. You know, uh, they don't even understand a lot of times in some of these places, the transgender thing that's going on in the United States. So, you know, with me seeing that and with all these labels and all these people being pitted against each other, you know, I just try to play the part where, you know, I get people to put down their fist and not fight each other. I hate the whole anti-communist movement, not because I am a communist or I'm pushing communism. It's because I don't want us to manufacture consent as a country to go into these other other countries and change their their governments and invade. I hate regime change wars because it leads to unnecessary suffering, because at the end of the day, it's just those bankers that we talked about in the beginning and those corporations that want to be in those countries and extract those resources for pennies on the dollar thrust our uh, thrust our monetary system on there and that's the main reason we have migration to the border that reason right there i argue it all the time um and i see it for myself so yeah fuck the labels and uh i i, I love you either way eric but you shouldn't like bernie sanders anymore he's gone you know what i'm saying no more <laughs> i love tulsi you was better than bernie and now, now rfk is better than tulsi and <laughs> listen you just take from whatever from each each person and and you just form your own opinion is the way i think look at it i love you too dr Posset. now what i'm worried about about rebels for a cause and rage against the war machine that uh, you know these things is and uh i did union of the unwanted one time and i met you and you're a nice guy on union of the unwanted um but sometimes i feel like we're doing um a circle jerk a festival of circle jerks of preaching to the choir we all know the problem is and when i talk to uh tokyo journalist ben fulford a, a buddy of mine he was always like military internal military action is the only answer uh there's because the the systems are broken um, I, I read this article, uh, Testing Theories of American Politics, Elites, Interest Groups, average uh, versus Average Citizens. This was published by Cambridge University Press, and it was peer-reviewed by Princeton. The elite of the elite go, um, so this came out 18th September 2014, and the elite uh, academia is like, yeah, it's all fucked. We're all corrupt. I read the whole thing. And it's like, yeah, we're hopelessly corrupt in 2014. They proved scientifically that what average citizens, the will of all the people means nothing. You don't have to read the article. That's what I said. So that just in my mind's eye, all I can think about is a wood chipper on the White House lawn and Epstein's flight log. You're on the flight log. You're in the wood chipper. Done. Next question. Next question. You can beat fake pinatas have fake arguments in fucking congress all fucking semester while more and more kids are brainwashed by the shit sandwich 
floating down the pyramid because everyone the the whole plan of everything is to kick the can down the road of debt more and more while they continue the war machine to take low-hanging resources all over the fucking country and they pretend like oh debt doesn't matter well, mm-hmm. jobs matter. So, you know, if we're all educated with no jobs, then we we are keenly and intelligently aware of our poverty. Great fucking, you know. The only yeah, yeah. American hero yeah. out there is David DePepe, who a gay prostitute who beat Nancy Pelosi's gay hus- husband over the head with the hammer on drugs. We're all too much of pussies to do that. That insider trading old gay queen 86 years old he has no community so he hires gay prostitutes off the castro who are on drugs and beat him to death with a hammer yeah yeah <laughs> so when they had opened that door what's going on here uh, the, the the police officers were just puzzled man it was just like priceless dude that's a good comedy bit for you guys listen i get you a lot of times when i look at this whole you know, when I look at the playing field, I say to myself, what the hell did I do? Why did I get involved in this? You know, I was I, I finally had gotten to the position in the restaurant business where I wanted to. It was making close to six figures. I was a training coordinator, a corporate manager. I would go at the behest of my restaurant owners and I would work with small corporations. I did this for the last three years leading up into COVID. And I would go from restaurant to restaurant, training all the waiters, bartenders and managers in the front of the house. I had to work 60 hours a week, but it was great. I made a ton of money and it was awesome. I chose to do this because I thought that I had a societal duty of sorts. To, to bring some truthful media, you know, out there. I, I I was during the Bernie Sanders campaign where we saw a lot of the candidates were not getting good, uh, you know, news time or interviews time. They couldn't break through through the mainstream media. And a lot of my progressive friends didn't understand foreign policy or weren't into it. And I was a foreign policy junkie with Fiorella. And that's why we started the Convo Couch to do these things. So now we are here today, 2023. We're looking at everything you said. It's all bullshit. It's all theatrics. It's kabuki theater in front of us all the time. I have a hard time looking at stuff or even looking at when they were talking about the debt ceiling. I was like, yeah, whatever. This fake conversation. This is bullshit. I don't want to hear that. But, you know, that's why I, I truly believe in elections. If that what if we the people can actually gain power? Can you imagine, Eric, if we the people collectively where we were pushed so hard? to the end of the world because they're about to blow this place up, but we were able as to gain power. I don't know if we've ever had it before. And we were able to, you know, stop geoengineering, close all the bases and bring people home, start growing our own food, start growing our own manufacturing. You know what I'm saying? You know, just try to push peace, a peaceful planet. And, and I think there's so much we can do. And I, I love Steve's idea. My, you know, my ex-partner, from the morning show about starting parallel societies. But the argument we always get is that they're never going to let you start these parallel societies because they're going to shut you down. They won't even let you sleep in your car. They make it illegal. They won't let you collect rainwater in some areas. So there is that kind of, you know, I have a dream mentality in my mind that, man, what could we do if we, the people were really in charge, if we were able to stop these psychos? So I don't know. I just got to keep fighting to make the, the this place a better place. But I'm like you sometimes, Eric. I just get so frustrated because it is all kabuki theater right in front of our fucking eyes. So one person who is a big educator for me, uh, someone came in my life. His name was J- James Robert Wright, um, and he wrote a book called Freemasonry, A Ritual of Occult Abuses. He's been on my podcast 10 times. When we were in LA, we were great friends. We saw each other socially all the time. He's a, he's a great dude, but he's 
nuts. You know why? Because he went through initiative rights. He was a 13th degree of the York right and a 32nd degree of the Scottish right. He worked for the Dallas Scottish right in the building. He would download to me. So I would play, I would have my recorder. This is the old days of my podcast where I did it on this Zoom recorder right here. Um, And uh, so I would put this in front of him and I would hit record. And on the record, he would give me his like spiel. The second I turned it off, he would be like, yeah, but this guy killed that guy. And that guy was, and it was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like he would just like explode with like off the record information when I would hit the uh, button on my fucking machine. But he he descri- he like red pilled me forever. Where at you know in initiative rights when you're a Freemason, it's on the checkerboard, black and white, black and white, the thin blue line of police, right? It's black and white. What's the law say? What's good and evil? Then you would stand behind uh, two pillars, Yohim and Boaz, red, blue, fire, ice. So they think this is the cult of being a puppet master to society. That's what the cult is, human slavers. And you go up and up and up these levels and you are being trauma bonded. That is what it is. I I don't I'm not interested in another opinion. What I'm saying is correct. They they have in the Dallas Scottish right these bodies and they drag out dead bloated corpses of, you know, uh what's his name? Fucking I forget, uh, Albert Pike and all these pedophiles and and racists and everything. And then you like worship over the ascended masters. Oh, he's so good at being a creepy weirdo. You know, let's worship the bloat of Albert Pike who started the KKK. And like, so he was like the key master and he would like open the door of the corpses and open the door of this and that. He would schedule this and that. The the Prince Hall Freemasons, the Black Freemasons, he scheduled them to be in this room and his superior, creepy, weirdo, wizard, dragon slayer of pedophilia said, if you let those goddamn N-words in here, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, because they're all about bloodlines. They think that's why the British royal family exists. They they have this draconian reptilian blood, and they they're so obsessed with meritocracy. Oh no, I mean complete nepotism due to bloodline rule. So racism is bad, but they have perfect blood. So racism is bad, but King Charles killed his wife because she married a Muslim. I mean ra- that racism is bad, but bloodlines what? And so, like when when he would like peel the le- the the curtain and go, hey look what I saw over here, my mind would melt out my fucking ears. Robert Kennedy Jr. became very interested in this person and he hired him for a while, but um, he's got screws loose and he cussed out a secretary and got fired. Why? Mm -hmm. Because trauma bonding makes you insane. It makes you insane. Maybe you see through the veil, but now you're crazy. Now you dress up like Emperor Palpatine and and host a World Economic Forum uh, event, for example. Uh, anyway, so that's my little RFK story that I, I wanted to tell you. Robert <laughs> no, I you know, look, it's funny. I'm right now. I'm in a bunch of chats and like literally yesterday when I put up a post about something, uh, you know, it was it was about the Brazilian election and now Brazil is not allowing Bolsonaro because of the courts. Let him run in like the next couple of elections and shit because they said he was, you know, it, it was unjustified. And I kind of bitched about it, but I'm one of those guys 
who went and observed the elections and said the election was pretty fair because I understand the, the what's going on in Brazil. Um, and we got into discussions in this this one uh, anti-imperialist chat with a bunch of leftists. And, you know, they started in with, again, you know, the whole, well, we disagree on COVID. I'm like, there is no agree or disagree. It's like no or not no. And I'm at a point now where I'm just kind of splurting out all this stuff about COVID because, you know, even though I was considered a leftist, I was one of those guys who went down the COVID rabbit hole. And along the whole thing, I interviewed Dr. McCullough, you know, Dr. Urso, Dr. Corey. I had McCullough on several times. You know, I've had Del Bigtree on my shows and everything. I was there for the for the COVID stuff. So trying to explain to people what exactly was going on sometimes is very, very hard because it gets so deep at the end of the day when you start talking about why and who's pulling the strings. I put a clip from the World Economic Forum the other day into that chat where uh, the CEO of uh, a Twitter pretty much said out loud that they had 100,000 jabs ready a year before the COVID. I'm like, guys, do you see what's going on? And do you see what these sick bastards from the World Economic Forum are doing? And I, you know, we, we show the pictures of Klaus Schwab dressed up like he's from Krypton or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, it's really hard getting people to understand these things. But, you know, how far does it go with these these guys, these, you know, these leaders, these rulers or these people who are pulling the strings, the predator class? They got some creepy stuff going on, and that's where we can sometimes lose the mainstream or the leftists or the or even just the regular conservatives to get them to understand what's going on above us. And it's this creepy, cultish bullshit, this cabal of freaks that are just pulling the strings and doing whatever they want. So, I mean, it's hard to talk about these things because everybody, everybody wants everything so simple, vanilla or chocolate, you know what I'm saying? And... uh it's it's more than that, and, and it's really really ridiculous. It's tough. It's tough. Wood chipper, wood chipper, wood chipper. Um, <laughs> Does that mean and, you got to chip at it? <laughs> Epstein's flight log, wood chipper. I just <laughs> think like the like who would be against that? Yeah, your nay in Congress. Yeah, your nay in Congress. Who is against that? If you're against that, it's pretty obvious why. Okay, and, and I just like I'm just. Uh, boiling my head is boiling right now at just all this bullshit um and like it's so funny now because robert kennedy jr a kennedy for the dnc chair is trying to debate the fake dead joe biden and he's like um you know i gotta see corn pop and then i gotta smell this girl's hair and then i have to eat ice cream i'm sure my schedule i just can't fit it into my schedule to debate for the chair that i've stolen so It's like we're at the end of the rainbow of fucking nepotism. And on the other side, we have Donald Trump, who won the 2020 election and it was stolen from him versus DeSantis. And they're in fighting. It's like, guys, don't you see the bigger picture here? Like, you know, so it's um, it's getting kind of weird with that thing. First of all, why wouldn't they want? I don't listen. If you care about the issues as a conservative or as a populist right person, whatever you want to call yourself. Right. You should want a fierce debate. Uh, DeSantis was better on COVID protocols. He wasn't the best in the beginning. He kind of fell for the bait and threw out all the bullshit numbers himself. In fact, DeSantis is one of the guys, for me, that one of the biggest the biggest part of the whole COVID scandal was the fact that they lumped together partially vaccinated with the unvaccinated, and they, and they considered the people who were partially vaccinated, they labeled them as unvaccinated. So they're like, look how many people are in the, off, in the hospital. They're all unvaccinated. Like, no, more than half of those people are partially vaccinated. Well, you know, DeSantis said that part out loud. He goes, please go get your shot because most of the people in the hospital are either partially vaccinated or unvaccinated. I'm like, 
You just said that shit out loud. But then he got a new attorney general. We all know what happened in Florida. That's why I moved back to Florida, because I used to make fun of Florida for so long. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, I got to get the hell out of L.A. or and get back to Florida because they're the only ones that are really open over here. So they should want a fierce debate. You know, what I'm saying this, even though it's once again, the Kabuki theater will. But make them debate, have that fair debate. And the people who are like politically homeless leftists, you know, that have nowhere to go and then are just going ragging on Kennedy so much for his position on on uh, Israel, Palestine, which they don't like, which. I asked them, right? You know, you biased or not. I went and asked them the question. Uh, they should still take all the things that do come with Kennedy. He had a new commercial that came out this morning. It's not about him winning or holding the office. It's about the political discourse and the dialogue that's going on. And whether you believe deeply in the fourth uh, industrial revolution or the great reset or what's going on behind the scenes, it doesn't change the fact that we have almost a thousand bases out there and we're spreading death and destruction that America's business is war and we need to close down those fucking bases and bring people home. You know what I'm saying? That That's not going to change whether what's going on behind the scenes or not. That's the first thing we got to do. It's like a people with a room full of guns pointing at each other. Put down the guns and then we'll have a conversation. America needs to put down the guns and close the bases. That needs to happen first. So we can take the good with the bad. We have to understand where people's minds are because they're they're going backwards, Eric. Right? They're going. They're fucking completely consumed. They're teaching shit in school. They're not being taught the thought for themselves. They're like walking zombies. They're being preyed on by their emotions. They're completely programmed. We are the most propagandized people, the Americans, in the world on the planet. So we got to find areas that we can have a little wins and battles. And you know, I'm seeing them with Cornell West. I'm seeing them with Kennedy. And uh, who knows who the libertarian comes out? I'll see it with that person because right now I think they're in a good spot. They got to pick their candidate soon, so I we we just got to deal with the the battlefield we're on. And I know that it's why your head wants to explode. I feel like it every day. I say to myself, why didn't I just have a podcast on fantasy football, live in Vegas, play poker? I would have worked. I would have worked as a waiter at a steakhouse three nights a week just to make like fifteen hundred. Play poker and talk about fantasy football all the time. Put me back into the fucking matrix. Give me the blue pill. Why did I do it? Because it almost seems impossible what we're doing, Eric, because that's what we're doing more than anything. You, me, all those people at Rebels with the College, we're trying to educate people and show people, you know what I'm saying? And it's hard as can be because they're pitted at against each other. And that's the biggest problem we face. Yeah, I want to pick up on something you said, because you say Ron DeSantis, you know, he was wrong about COVID. He was blurring all the same numbers. But look at the controllers. The money machine got turned on for for COVID and every other thing they turned off the faucet. So the politician has to go, blah, 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 blah. I want money today. So but listen, I've also made mistakes. I've been wrong. You know, I've dated ladies and I said these words. Oh, it's just <clears throat> I need cardboard or something. I said to this one girl, I love you. Ugh, ugh. Months later, I find out she's cheating on me, you know, yeah. so it's like I, I go with the information I have at the time, you know, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm just I feel sick now. But um, yeah, but you know, when, you, when you say that out loud, that you're either partially vaccinated, unvaccinated or partially vaccinated, that should ring a bell like you are just repeating the fucking propaganda that is being used to drive a narrative there. You, you repeated it out loud. Something should have said like, well, wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, Maybe I think governors, people... governors are the most plugged into the matrix possible. So, you know, the brainwashing is is targeted at them. And maybe they even shoot brain sh brainwaves at them of COVID is real. COVID is real. 
when it's just like the cooties and yeah. who cares about that um but um <laughs> hey if we can find shit out they can find shit out that's all i'm saying man. that's true that's yeah. true but yeah i did my first ivermectin video four months before pierre Corey ever did a video and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back that I was one of the first to talk about ivermectin. Regardless, if I can find out that information, I did some research, then people can find out that, that information. It's there. And with COVID, so much of the shit is out there, bro. It's in front of your face. They do stuff every day. There's documentation. The shit. I mean, I got taken down for Twitter one time. I got suspended for putting up source document from the fucking WHO. It's like it's on the WHO's website that says asymptomatic rarely spreads the fucking disease. I'm taking it for them. Dr. Dr. McCullough said it. I went and saw his test. I saw a bunch of other tests. You know, and all this stuff was right in front of your face pretty much from the get go. But, you know, Dr. Fauci goes on TV. What we know now is that asymptomatic spreads the virus. He says shit like that without any proof. Nobody goes, looks at his record. They're wearing I love Fauci T-shirts instead of seeing that this guy was a murderer during the AIDS pandemic as he fucking wouldn't let other refurbished drugs come in. Same thing he did in, with COVID and he put a bunch of people on a ACT just like they put a bunch of people on remdesivir. It was like murder for profit, man, you know, and uh, it, it just, it sucks. But, you know, that shit was right in front of our face. I am science. Oh, I, I am, am the science. I am your God. Yeah, that's what class What about the science doctors of Fauci? I am the science. <laughs> It's just childish. At a certain point, it's just like it's so childish, you know. Yeah. You know, um, I interviewed Dr. Cornell West, and that's the part I showed him because he was praising Dr. Fauci. And he also said something that was really upsetting. And I told him, I said, Dr. West, this part hurt me because he said that it's just a shame that people won't mask up because they don't love their neighbors and they think their personal freedoms are more important. And I was like, Dr. West, let me explain to you now. That wasn't the case. We weren't upset that we weren't getting our personal freedoms. We were upset that we were not allowed to have a conversation about masks. We were shut out, censored and thrown away. And he and he's like, well, he's for freedom of speech. And he agrees that that was the biggest problem of COVID is the censorship. So at least he's there. But, you know. Yeah, hard, hard thing to swallow sometimes. And we all just get along. And I really believe that the homeless problem in Florida or in uh, in California, I think I've said this on Union of the Unwanted, but it all everything comes down to morality. So so look. That lady I said, I live, I live, maybe that was just because I wanted my penis to enter her orifice. Maybe I said those words for that reason. Could you say that in Klaus Schwab Jr. voice? I don't, I don't do a good impression of him. Well, just try for me because I want to hear my penis <laughs> enter her orifice. That's <laughs> never much. I don't do a good impression. People always confuse me with Klaus Schwab Jr. And personally, that's, I know, beard, I know. that's beard shaming. It's, it is, it is, but but it's your eyes. You guys have these stunning eyes. I just want to be hypnotized when you guys talk. <laughs> um, what are you insinuating? Let me let me get to this. Um, morality is so important. Before you let Dr. Fauci stick you with the needle that had that where the um ingredients list is blank, right? Before you let him stick it him with the needle, you have to give consent. Consent. Before yeah. penis enters orifice, consent. Before needle enters. So that's why everything was coercing you to take an experimental medical intervention. So that was the whole thing. It was consent. It was, they would, the cabal, the look, 
when you own a printing money machine, a fiat printing money machine, sometimes you just want a compliance test. That's what most of it is. The 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 puppet masters, you know, reading ancient books, drinking each other's semen and blood out of a, a goblet. I'm not joking. Um, that's what they do for the uh the starfire ritual if you want to be a knight of Templar. Sue me, you fucking pussies. So that's what you have to so <laughs> morality is the most important thing. Morality holds society together and they gain a function morality with churches catholic churches but then they're morally bankrupt they gain a function morality different ways but it's really just do the right thing and nothing else matters the marriage laws in california breed ultra predator women because if you're married five years and you walk in and your wife is ah 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 in the living room in the butthole ah 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 cheating on you she gets half she cheats and then robs you. It doesn't matter if you're living in a $200,000 house or a $20 million house. When um, when Madonna uh, caught Guy Ritchie cheating on her, they go, uh, hey, Guy Ritchie, in court, they're like, hey, Guy Ritchie, can you take your penis out of our stenographer? We're trying to cut you a check for $97 million. Guy yeah. Ritchie was, you know, a part-time film director making, you know, $100,000 a year residual. He cheats on Madonna five years, boom, $97 million. Extrapolate that to the middle class. Extrapolate that down the poo, sliding down the pyramid to all the other fucking classes. Homelessness, drug addiction. Drug yeah. addiction is a disease of despair. When you're yeah. in despair, when I was cheated on, I was, you know, drinking a lot you know what i mean it's yeah. a disease of despair yeah yeah I, and uh it, it uh, that's another thing you talk about big pharma they're the ones who turned everybody into drug addicts but what do they do what does the government do fentanyl's coming in from the cartels we got to go into mexico and bomb them you know what i'm saying it's like well who created the customers uh same people with that whole covid situation that's what it's just you know a lot of people on the right the, the conservatives or the populist right who necessarily they saw eventually what happened with the whole COVID situation, how it was big pharma and their propaganda along with the government, true, true definition of fascism, the merger of corporations and state. They saw all that stuff, but they don't want to still admit right now. And they're not even looking at the fact that all these people who are addicted to fentanyl, you know what I'm saying, or addicted to opioids, they got that way mainly because of the doctors, United States, American big pharma, baby on the rise. Yeah. And that that's the and then extrapolate that to the war situation. We have bases all over the world. Mm -hmm. Every soldier has the same oath. Protect the Constitution from enemies foreign. They're big on that part and domestic. They're complete pussies on that part. Yeah. So they would rather look. Hey, um, all the senators are creepy weirdos. Um, well, I don't want to deal with my own get my own house in order. Let me go to Iraq. Yeah. I mean, Syria. I mean, yeah. Vietnam. I mean, Iraq. I mean, this place and that place. Let, oh, there's migrants happening. We'll protect our borders. It's just insanity. Yeah. Well, it, the, the, the ruling class does a good job of blaming other people for their problems. And the party of individual responsibility wants no responsibility when it comes to their foreign policy. It, it is like an internal thing, right? It, it, you know, it's the fact that we can push off our problems and everybody else right now there is a push 
by the populist right and now the government itself, the, the Biden administration, to put the origins of COVID on China, to blame it on China. You know what I'm saying? Even though the majority of the, the, the information that we have, everything we see, and I'm not saying that China wasn't involved or China's scientists weren't involved at all, but it's mostly coming from us. Our gain-of-function research and studying we've been doing for years, EcoHealth Alliance getting funded by the government, Dr. Fauci's role, you know, what what was happening at Fort Detrick for years, the Patriot Act opening up these bioweapons. I mean, Jesus Christ, the last time a, a halt on bioweapons was signed, it was fucking Nixon. You know what I'm saying? It was President Nixon. And right now, we're just going full-blown. I really wish that Kennedy, and this is the whole thing, dude, I'm not going to allow these presidential candidates to, in my mind, I mean, they're going to, but I'm going to do everything I can to not allow, allow them to use our movement for their benefit. I'm going to use them to push our movement in the areas that I think are important. I'm going to be in Kennedy's you know, face about elections. And same thing with, with Cornell West or any any other candidate I get a, in front of, whether it be Vivek Ramaswamy or anybody else. I'm going to get in their face about our foreign policy. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to ask the tough questions. I'm going to use them to further our mo movements. Right now, Kennedy should be taking the lead. This is something that Sam Husseini said on my show the other day. He should be taking the lead on pushing to eliminate gain of function and bioweapon research and studying. He should be taking the lead on that, but he's so afraid about being the candidate that's going to be the COVID protocol candidate, like Bill O'Reilly said. They're anti-vaxxers who are following him. They believe in this nonsense. You can see it on the spin. Uh, yeah, the money machine. They turn the dials up of the, the fiat money. What's in the propaganda horseshit machine today? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> shit, going down the pyramid. What is your... Let's talk about Cuba. So sure. how did you get involved with Cuba? Now you live in Florida. You could take a little catamaran there. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a quicker little... to go to, to Cuba than it is to the Walmart. <laughs> So how'd you get involved going to Cuba all the time? How'd that happen? How does American okay. sneak in? <laughs> well, you can be there. There's a list of reasons you can be there, a small list, and one of them is journalism. So I'm allowed to go because I'm a journalist. Um, but even still, they'll still mess with me. I had a Gibson Go up, and I went to go cash it out close to $3,000. And the Gibson Go people said the banking industry refused to, 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 to process the money because Cuba's on the sanction list. Regardless of the fact that I'm an independent journalist, I don't work for either country. They still can mess around. So there's they're they're still trying to make it hard. They want to punish Cuba as much as they can. I was like I said, I started off in the Bernie Sanders movement when I started doing my show, me and Fiorella. Uh, and, you know, eventually I supported Tulsi. She was still with Bernie, but we were both looking at them. We were, you know, foreign policy junkies. And we always you know, we wanted to go to other countries and see what was going on and speak to the people themselves. Me being heavily focused with Tulsi Gabbard on regime change wars. And then I just met a lot of people who had done a lot of work in, in Latin America, because when you're on the left, uh, you have the actual real social justice warriors, a small of them. Now, I'm not talking about the culture war crazies here in America, but the ones who actually go to Latin America. And a friend of mine called me and said, hey, man, uh, do you want to come to Nicaragua and observe their elections? Uh, I told them all about you. I talked to the foreign ministry and I said that you guys were one of the the leftists in America that really knows about elections. And I, you know, been criticizing, uh, you know, what happened in 2020. Uh, that DNC case that you talked about in the very beginning of the show is the one that radicalized me. It's like, holy shit. I tried to learn everything about elections. I started studying elections, following elections, understanding them through and through. So when that person called me and said, come to Nicaragua, I was like, hell yeah. 
So I go to Nicaragua and I'll be going to Nicaragua in about two and a half weeks to party <laughs> with the it's going to be the uh, the uh, anniversary of the revolution in which they took the, the CIA funded uh, Contras. Remember the Iran Contra scandal and they beat them back to Sandinistas. Since I've already been there for an election, they've uh, opened the door to say, come on by and check it out because they open up the door to let, say, people, journalists and commentators come take a look at what's going on there and report back. They're not hiding everything, especially when it was their elections. And that election just spawned. It just kind of snowballed. The next thing you know, I was in Honduras observing their elections. And then I was in Colombia observing their elections. And then I was in Brazil observing their elections. You know, I've been to Peru. Fiorella covered Peru. She went and saw that election. And, you know, we have friends in Mexico. But when it came to Cuba, I wasn't getting the help or the the door open that I needed to go observe the elections. They hadn't had a history of allowing, you know, the international community to observe their elections. However, their president seemed to be very optimistic about the election system. His name is uh, uh, Diaz Canal. He's a new leader over there. Um, and he was kind of flaunting the whole system. So even though I didn't get permission to go observe, I went over there with my friend and I went to the, the international press corps to introduce myself. And, uh, I just kept going back because it's so close. My activism, even though I really am trying to get into the elections in less than two years, I'm going to continue to go and try to work with the government, try to show up and, you know, present myself and present the idea that, for them to really show that they're a democracy moving forward, that they have to open up their elections. They haven't done that yet. Um, but my activism took hold. And I realized if I can somehow build a bridge over there, if I can show the tr anti-communist Trump-loving mother in Missouri who has a 12-year-old playing baseball, that there's a 12-year-old kid playing baseball over here, and he has a mother too as well, that they're actually the same, that they're humans, that I can get them to put their hands down and forget about the isms and try to build this bridge. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to stop war for the future. I'm trying to end the manufacturing consent that they're just, you know, God hating communists. That's not true. A lot of these Latin American countries, they're, you know, socially conservative. They're very religious in Honduras. They pray. They don't, like I said, they don't believe in gay marriage and all, you know, and I'm not saying that's good. But what I'm trying to say is there are people in America being propagandized to think that they're different. They're not. You know, they're a lot the same. So that's why I just went to Cuba and, and in, in, in the flight for JetBlue, you get a 50 pound bag, a carry on and a backpack. So I started just calling out to all our friends, Charlie Robinson, my friend, Jimmy, my friend, uh, Sean. You know, I had a bunch of my uh, uh, Jose Vega was one of the person. Uh, my friend Deborah and you know they sent me about close to 300 400 bucks and I went and bought a bunch of baseball equipment and I went over there now the first time I did that I started handing out the majority of my stuff in the streets of Havana to the poor street the the, the poor areas of Havana to the kids but the last time I was there I stared in the Airbnb where one of the guys who was running the Airbnb his stepfather happened to be oversee three baseball teams so I just I I struck gold and, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back there again and I'm going to continue to go until the United States stops me because they detained me on the way back last time asking me questions like, why was I there? Have I met intelligence? I'm like, no, dude, I'm not working for them. I'm not working for you. I'm a journalist, an activist, and I'm bringing baseball equipment. So it's just something I found that really gives me joy inside. And I'm looking at it as an opportunity to just show the people in America was so propagandized, especially when it came to Cuba, because this president didn't put missiles on the island. Castro is gone. 
Cuba is taking their their sectors of uh, economics. They're pretty much moving away from their traditional co- communists and moving into that that Chinese Vietnamese model, that market socialism. So they're going from 222 uh, 222 sectors of a private industry and they're expanding it to 2222 sectors of private industry. That's what Cuba is doing and that's not being talked about. And America has them uh sanctions them heavily. If you do any business with them, You'll get shunned and your finger, you know, Klaus, Klaus Schwab will show up wagging his finger at you. Why did you do business with Cuba? You know, one of those things uh, they you can't access your credit cards or anything else. They have a petroleum crisis now. The lines are ridiculous. They're trying to really suffocate them. That's what sanctions do. They're trying to suffer, the, make the people suffer so much that they turn against their own government. But why should we do that? Why should all the young kids in that were born in Florida from their parents were Cuban? Why shouldn't they be able to get back? into the whole game, go back to their, their country of origin, be involved with the business. America has this posturous position like this because the oligarchs want that real estate back in Cuba. That's what they want. It's not just the, it's not just the casinos that the mob owned. They owned 80% of the industry in there, uh, American Western industry before the revolution. And, and don't get me wrong, Eric, a lot of people get mad at me because, you know, I talk to some people, a lot of leftists that is, and I'm like, there's people in Cuba, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds that we talk to, they don't give a shit about the revolution. They just want to eat and they want to own their own businesses. And, you know, what they did in Cuba was they closed the island down for seven months during uh, COVID and they were heavily dependent on tourism. So they really hurt themselves by doing so. And I know a lot of people are like, well, they didn't know it was a bioweapon. I'm like, well, they were in no position to do that in Nicaragua, where they are 95 percent food efficient. The leader, Daniel Ortega, said, listen, Nicaraguans got to eat. No lockdowns. We go to work. That's something that Cuba should have done. And then when I criticize Cuba for doing that, but people just go, oh, the blockade. I'm like, yeah, 90 percent of the problems Cuba has is because America. But they got their little 10 percent over here that they got to be accountable for and they need to move forward. So, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at with Cuba. I'm going to continue to go back. I'm going to continue to bring baseball gear and I'm going to continue to show people what I see over there. And hopefully I can build a bridge and realize that if they're not communists, they're not Cubans, they're humans, just like you. That's beautiful. The custom agent is like, you know, this is just narcissist versus codependence. And like the customs agent is like, yeah, but what's in it for you? What's in it for you? Well, who's who's paying you to give out baseball equipment to poor kids? How yeah, do yeah. you benefit? Were you fucking the kids? Were you? No. That's how you <laughs> think you fucking creep. Like people who are codependent and like do things out of love. Like, you know, we do things out of love because it's the right thing to do because we're tapped into a different energy source, an unlimited energy source. You have unlimited energy when you're doing the right thing. You want to put yourself in the castle with the drawbridge up after you drink blood and cut your dick and jerk off in a goblet for the 13th degree, the starfire ritual, when you become a knight of Templar, all of you fucking weirdos want to put yourself in the drawbridge and then like with paperwork puppet master the fucking society adam schiff you fucking freak you know so uh, anyway adam schiff for brains yeah this is the predator energy and they they look at people with like god love energy like ew but what's in it for you i don't even understand Ugh. Get these surface monkeys off of me. Uh, tell them they all have cooties so they hate their grandma. Yes, let's do that. It's, 
I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. It's, mm. And I know what you're saying. <laughs> Cuties. Isn't it a crime against humanity? Isn't it a shame? We didn't let these people die with their family. We we put them in foster homes, isolated them so for them to die alone. Oh, God, it's disgusting. That's the thing that killed me the most. Seeing people like talk through their uncles and aunts and grandparents through glass because they weren't like they had the social distance and whatnot. And man, I, that's fucked up. Fucked I met up this shit. uh this high level virology doctor, and she said, I have she's like, I'm in a lab, right? Every I have more letters after my name than fucking anybody in the lab, and these new fresh MDs try to tell me that about masking and vaccination and social distance. And I tell them, I go, all right, let's go over to the, uh, the spectrometer. Let's go over here. They don't know how to use the fucking equipment. And they're yeah. telling me to fucking mask. I, and she goes, I, I said to one of these fresh MDs, listen, bitch, you fucking retard. You know how to solve the COVID-19 crisis. Everyone make out with each other. You fucking dipshit. And the guy looked at her like, Oh, and then he's like, and then she's like, let me show you how to use this machine that you're lecturing me about, you fucking dipshit. I got yeah. such a boner. That lady was like 79 years old, and I was rock hard after talking to her. You know, there were so many crazy sins, but it was right in front of our face. I can't believe that we didn't catch on. Asymptomatic doesn't spread the disease, that alone. And it's rare it does. In the rare cases, it does. Like 0 0.01, whatever, ridiculous. That alone would end the whole situation. But they were like, no, symptom asymptomatic can spread the disease. You got to stay at home. No, if asymptomatic doesn't spread, that means there's no need for lockdowns, masks, and social distancing. That means if you feel sick, you stay at home. You stay isolated at home. But if you're okay, you go out into the regular world. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they didn't think about, they didn't think the people who went along with this whole thing, mainly a bunch of progressives that, you know, they hated me because of my stance on it and stuff is that, you know, they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought it, they were being the compassionate one. They thought they were being the loving one. That's why they were masking up. And to this day, the mask made them feel important. You know, it was such a mental mind fuck for these guys. And um, it really is a shame. It's it sucks. I, I get it. And right now it's like this whole leftist crowd that I'm explaining to. I'm just going off. You know, I'm about to make I think I'm going to make like a, a tweet thread and like have a whole two days, like a weekend of streaming and talk about the 12 sins of covid and go through each one, because each one of these things was flawed from the testing to the reporting, the results of the vaccine to, you know, the hospitalizations, classifying what a covid death is. Everything is in front of our face. So, I mean, we we can't let down because now we still have the WHO. You might know some people over there, your, you know, whatever, friends of a friends who, you know, they're still pushing this pandemic treaty and they wanted to say for their next pandemic. Peter Hotez was in Brazil going over the global vaccination program. So they're still planning out there. They want to use this WHO treaty in which they can supersede our constitutions, have eight different sections. Right. And it's, it's regions and the region that regional director has a say of what his region has to do, whether it be social distancing, jabbing on up, masking again, you know, shutting shit down. They want to do it again and they're going to do it again sooner than later. And we need to get ahead of this stuff. It's not over. If there's anything that I've done wrong, personally, I think I've gone away too much my COVID reporting because I was all about it when shit was happening. I didn't give a shit. I was the leftist. I lost a lot of audience members, but I gained a lot of other people who were like, wow. And I went back and looked at my stuff. I was on point, but we can't slow down now. I think a lot of people have slowed down 
COVID's over. They're moving on, yada, yada, yada. No, shit is still going on behind the scenes. The fourth industrial revolution is still in play. So, I mean, we got to get back on this. And, and that means if we have to go back and explain to some of these dipshits what happened during COVID and what was going on, so be it. We got to go back. Even if we got to take them by the hand, Eric. But it ain't over. Bombshell, you you uh, retweeted this. Uh, new investigation finds one in three fi- Pfizer jab doses may have been a placebo. They were experimenting on people. There's no other way to slice it. The only yeah. other thing that's possible is that they were covering up massive number of side effects. And the yeah. only way to mitigate it, to keep it from the public calm, yeah. is to keep taking our injection, is to give a chunk of them placebo that comes from kim iverson now i've seen footage of people playing russian roulette and what they do is they put one bullet in the chamber and they spin it and they put it to their head and click 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 that is exactly what scientists the puppet masters did with humanity yeah yeah and 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 that listen so many little nuggets out there that prove the theories we were talking about we were saying that listen the vaccine is the actual disease and virus itself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to lessen what they did by letting this bioweapon out. But I mean, look, I remember another little nugget. Like, that's a great nugget. So what are they doing? Why are they why are they shooting up one out of three placebo? Because this shit is so toxic and so bad that they have to lessen the numbers out there. So that's why they're doing it, this placebo at such a high rate, in my personal opinion. And this is just another nugget of a story. You know, one of the what was the one that I that okay, one of the stories that I loved is that and and it was in Kennedy's book and that's something that Kennedy explained good when out of this book right here I knew eighty percent of the stuff that was in this book before it was even released I really did I understood it but the other parts I that he made clear was the industry involved right and the fact that like listen if they can get a childhood vaccine approved that means they have qualified immunity on any adult taking it that's why they do those things. Um, but what he was also talking about when it comes to making a vaccine emergency use authorization, EUA, EUA, there can be no other therapeutics out there. Well, the CDC and the NIH, there's leaked documents. I don't know which one. And I remember this because there's so much stuff. My mind's filled with it. They knew that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine work because they've been doing studies on coronaviruses for quite some time. They knew it worked but they were silent on it because they couldn't get their fucking honeypot in their vaccine. And that's why they were silent on that shit. And just like that bombshell thing there, this, once again, more evidence in the court of fucking public opinion to show you that this whole thing was a planned attack on society. Predator class, man. You know, and, and that's the shame a lot of leftists, they got, if they don't see it with a bullet or a gun or a plane or a tank, they can't recognize it. Bioweapon shit's been going on for quite some time, you know, and 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 it they were able to put everybody in their house, Eric, without putting a tank on the street. That's fucking power there. Remember in that movie uh, Conan, the first one with uh, False of Doom? He goes, look over there and he gets a girl to come and she walks and she falls down. And he's like, he got her to kill herself by just waving her over. And he goes, that's power, boy. That's strength. That's what they did to us, man. They mind fuck society. <laughs> the mechanism of addiction is lack of community. 
So they they gain a function, a lack of community by social distancing, and then they watch everybody put needles of fentanyl in their fucking arms. And then they go, well, you chose to kill yourself with drug addiction. They gain the function, a lack of community by ISO, uh, shelter in place. Yeah. That's yeah. what they've done. Yeah. And domestic violence went up. Suicides went up. And then everybody was masked up and getting sick with that shit. And then not only that, our children... The lack of communication skills because of that mask. We're going to see more of that shit in 10 years. Holy shit, that's going to come to fruition. This thing was attack on, and, and people are still not with it. Oh, it's over. We're moving on. No, it ain't over, pal. They're putting everything in place behind the scenes, not to mention the whole vaccines program was to, was to get everybody on a QR code so they could track and trace you now. No, shit's not over. We got to get back on it. Alan Dershowitz, you know, he realized something about himself. Like he's he's got hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's so disgusting. He looks disgust when he talks pla pellets of plaque form between his teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why people like this, you know what they want women to be? Desperate. You know, then they might find him attractive. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what the controllers are up to. Yeah. And then they, they put out the LG. If you want to lower a population, what do you do? Let's say you, you want to gain a function, less people to point the finger at the creepy weirdos. What do you do? You have people not know what gender there is. You put phytoestrogens in the Bud Light. You know, even the frogs are gay. Like you, nobody knows if they're coming or going or or what their their motivations are. You know what I mean? And it's you like, know, Eric, when I tell what? people like, listen, a lot of the truthers believe that transgenderism is a step before transhumanism. You know what they say? Oh, they're just all right. Lunatics. Yeah. Oh, that's transphobic. <laughs> oh, I had a thought that was uncomfortable. Yeah, Ugh. I was always taught to love myself, you know, and I saw some of my friends got cosmetic surgery. Men got cosmetic surgeries. I had a friend who had a, a breast reduction surgery, you know, and I had a I had a friend who, uh, you know, had a nose job and stuff like this. And, yeah, and my, listen, I have friends who kind of transitioned or say other stuff that are pretty cool people, man. I got no problem with them. If that's how you feel, you know what I'm saying? But this whole push it apart in kids kind of thing, you know, put it into schools. That's just some scary shit right now. And look, I lost ah. my hair and I was really thinking about a cosmetic surgery to have hair plugs. But then when I look myself in the mirror, my ugly mug, I go, you know what? I love you, Eric. I love you. And I've never put an, an, uh, a, a scalpel to my face. It's not perfect. But look, yeah. when when I look at any any cosmetic surgery, that's not a, a horrible bear attack or something like this, like reconstructive, I'm down with. But elective, I'm just not. I will never be. It's out of my constitution. So if you can't get there with a little makeup and a dress and then you have to be on like hormone blockers for life that cost $1,200 a month, I mean, I, I would go... Um, maybe psychotherapy to kind of work on the love yourself aspect. But that's, yeah, yeah. that's uh, my cisgender white privilege talking. Yeah, like sure. Loving who you are is your cisgender. I got you. Ah, it's ridiculous. It's bad. It's bad. Well, um, I love you, Dr. Pasta. Um, how can people find you? Uh, I, uh, I put the notes away. I got so mad. I, I it's okay. Well, they can always go find me. My, my tag is, at yo pasta we didn't have our names up this whole time did we because i have the wrong name down there. you do have your the oh, uh, i'm michael unger leader i just seen it my friend that's i'm at mikey's house but you can find me at, at yo pasta at my twitter 
Uh, I have an Instagram. I don't go on that much. I put some food up there. Uh, my show is the Convo Couch, C-O-N-V-O, short for Conversation Couch. We have a, a a YouTube, a Rockfin, and a Rumble. However, we've been demonetized three years on YouTube, so we recommend people go over to Rockfin if they can afford fourteen ninety nine a month, become a member. They get all the premium content across the board on that platform for that same price. And a lot of alt right people, you know, a lot of our friends over there, you know, Sam. <laughs> I hate that fucking label so much. It's I know, just like Sam- I, I'm a Bernie bro. Like, shut up. Sam Tripoli is. You know, He's on that over there. Eddie Bravo's over there. Jay Dyer's over there. All those guys. And then you got some anti-imperialist leftists like me, Max Blumenthal, Gray Zone. He's over there. So this, it's a very good, uh, a good big tent, just like the Rebel for a Cause event, which is a huge tent, different people, different ideologies, uh, because we're all fighting for, you know, personal sovereignty uh, through love and art. And that's what Rebels for a Cause was about. But also stay on the lookout, uh, whether you believe it or not, uh, and you don't believe in electoral politics. I still believe that every four years, once every four years, that's when people come around and they go out to these campaigns. I'm going to be following RFK on the road as much as I can, uh, going to his rallies, his speeches, his engagements. And if he has a couple of days off, whoever's in the area, whether it be Dr. Cornell West, Vivek Ramaswamy, all, all the candidates and whatnot. I'm going to go talk to the people out there because that's the time we get to talk about issues. Um, and we just get to find a way to come together and build bridges. So that's what I'll be doing uh, when I get back from Nicaragua in about three weeks. So, yeah, pasta will be everywhere, man. <laughs> and it always spreads your meal when you have a little pasta. Yeah. Craig Prosta, Jardula. This is Highway Diary episode 381. My only plug is uh, erichollerbach.com calendar. I'm going to be in Houston. And then, uh, I don't know, some other shows are happening. Um, Bye, everybody. Love you very much.